Your body's trying to tell you something. It's giving you hints that something isn't right. That's why we talk with expert dietitians to break down these early warning signs so you can get closer to understanding what your body is trying to tell you. Poop is a taboo topic here in the United States, and it's a topic that's keeping us unhealthy. Our bowel movements are the most straightforward signal to tell us something isn't right. If you're not having a bowel movement at least once per day, there could be an underlying issue. On today's episode of Wonder Why, we bring on Emily Luxford. Emily is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutritional science and a certification in integrative and functional nutrition. She has worked in a variety of hospitals and clinics supporting a wide array of medical specialties. Emily established Luxford Nutrition in 2014 to improve nutrition awareness and help individuals struggling to manage their autoimmune conditions, digestive disorders, and gut health. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you here to talk about constipation. Are you ready? I'm ready. I feel like uh, pooping can be a taboo topic, so I'm really excited that that's what we're going to discuss today. Pooping is taboo, but let's get into it. What are the root causes of constipation? Well, constipation can be due to a number of factors. So let's first start with diet. Uh, many people understand that if they're modifying their diet, they're going to see changes in their bowel movements. But primarily, we see this with people who have inadequate fiber intake. Um, so if they're not consuming their fruits and vegetables, that nine cups of fruits and vegetables a day, which can be kind of daunting for most people, even if you're not even consuming half of that, uh, we can see constipation. If you're maintaining a high fat diet because you're following one of the fad diets that are out there, that can slow down your transit time and also lead to constipation. And if you combine that with dehydration, so you're not consuming enough water or your fluid intake is primarily from diuretics like caffeine beverages, then that could also lead to constipation. So it might not just be one dietary factor, but it could be a combination of those. Uh, and then one thing that we don't talk a lot about is supplement use and over supplementing. We prefer as a society to take a pill rather than to change your diet to improve your health. So if you're consuming a lot of protein through protein supplements and powders, or if you're even kind of overdosing with some minerals because you think that maybe increasing your iron intake is gonna help you with your energy level, then we might see that in fact you have constipation related to supplement use. But it's more than just diet. A lot of people think about diet and lifestyle. That's probably gonna be the first thing that your physician or primary care practitioner talks to you about if you complain about constipation. But if you feel like, Emily, you know, I'm doing all these things, I eat well and I'm exercising, uh, but I still have chronic constipation, it could be related to a digestive disorder like celiac disease. Um, and that's because if your body is not breaking down your food properly, it slows down the transit time of that food leading to constipation. And then if you change your diet because your stomach's bothering you and you're not feeling very good, those dietary changes can also exacerbate those levels of constipation. Uh, so that could also make things a little bit difficult for you when trying to use the restroom. What is someone's day-to-day -day like that could be causing this to happen? Well, if you are a typical American who skips breakfast uh, and starts their day with coffee, then you are definitely giving yourself an energy boost, but you're not doing any favors to your digestion, which actually digestion plays a huge role in your metabolic um, needs and function on a regular basis. So if you skip breakfast, have a cup of coffee, add a little bit of sugar um, and some cream, then things are kind of pretty much off to a sluggish start, even though you might feel energized inside. And then you add to it some other maybe fast foods throughout the day because you aren't making time for yourself and you're focusing on work or your other life's demands. And at the end of the day, you're not feeling really good. So then you pop uh, maybe a protein shake after a workout if you can fit that in. But most Americans aren't even fitting in a workout. 
And that sedentary behavior or lack of exercise is also contributing to your constipation. Um, if your diet or if your day-to-day -day routine changes, that can also lead to constipation. So if you're living on caffeine all day and you can't sleep well at night, guess what? Things are going to slow down in your gut too. You know, again, going back to this taboo thing, we don't talk about this. What should your average bowel movements look like for an average human who's generally healthy? Yeah. Did you know that actually 10 to 15% of the American public is constipated? That's how many people are walking around struggling with this on a regular basis, which is a lot. Um, and so what you want to look for is actually having a bowel movement on a regular basis, at least daily. Some people will have um, two bowel movements a day, uh, but it wants to be like a log shape or S-shaped bowel movement that you excrete regularly without any pain. And that should be done. So, you know, uh, I'm not going to talk about my bowel movements, but like, is that usually in the morning? Is it in the midday? Is that in the afternoon? Should you feel a level of urgency? How, how should a bowel movement present itself to you? So actually, it could be any time of day. Everyone's different. So some people like to go in the morning. Some people like to go at lunch. Some people like to go at night. Some people like to go morning and night. It just depends on the person and their lifestyle. But you brought up urgency. You really shouldn't feel any pain or severe urgency. However, you should get a cue from your body that it's time to go. And actually, a lot of people resist that urge, and that can contribute to constipation. You have to listen to your body. If it's telling you it's time to have a bowel movement, you need to make the time to go relax and have that bowel movement. Uh, you'll feel better because of it, and then you'll be less likely to be constipated. So outside of actually being constipated, are there any other symptoms associated with constipation that potentially someone could be looking out for? Yeah, there are several, actually. Um, a lot of people think that constipation is normal and it's no big deal to go two to three times a week um, or even once a week. That might be their normal, but it's not normal at all. And so if you are also experiencing headaches, if you have back or bladder pain, if you feel nauseated or you get motion sickness quickly, or if you're going to see the doctor because you're popping Tums on a regular basis and have really terrible acid reflux, these are all signs that your constipation is more than just kind of a hiccup every now and again. Emily, it's so interesting because the body is always trying to tell us something's going on, but it's our ability to listen to it. And there's so many different things that we put into our body to essentially suppress that. Can you talk a little bit about like, what are the things that we do daily that is suppressing our body from feeling what we need to feel in order to, die, to, to come to a practitioner and say, hey, this is actually what's going on? There are many ways that we try to just get through day-to-day -day life and ignore these symptoms. So let's kind of talk about some of the other symptoms that are associated with constipation. The first thing is that people take laxatives to help regulate their bowel movements. And they think that is healthy behavior. Or if they have chronic headaches, they are loading up on various aspirins and other over-the-counter drugs to help them relieve the pain so that they could function on a database, daily basis. Um, we also see that uh, sleep can uh, present itself as a problem. Uh, when you have constipation because your stomach is actively trying to digest this food that it can't excrete, and so it disrupts your sleep cycle. So then people are taking sleep aids to help them get through the day. And also, if you're not digesting your foods properly, that can lead to some mental health components, and so then people are taking mental health aids. Uh, so we see this in a variety of aspects, and it just means that the pill box is getting fuller and fuller and fuller, when all we need to do in reality is find that true root cause of your constipation, and you'll feel like a new person. That's incredible. You actually shared with me uh, previously a story of a patient kind of went through this journey. Can you talk just a little bit about that? 
Yeah, let's talk about her. We'll use Camille as her name for this uh, situation, but Camille was actually referred to me by her primary care physician because she was diagnosed with IBS, and IBS stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Now, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, you can present either with constipation or diarrhea or even a combination of the two, but her primary complaint was constipation, and her doctor wanted her to talk to me to learn what foods to eat and what foods not to eat. So when she came to me, we sat down and this is why actually I love being a dietitian because I have the time to sit down and talk to someone. Their first session with me is at least an hour, maybe even 75 minutes at times. And I'm learning about you, your day-to-day -day life, what you like to eat, what you don't like to eat, how you um, practice your food. Are you cooking? Are you eating out? Um, what is your day-to-day -day movement like? What are your stressors? How do you feel? What are your symptoms? And we're looking at all that information along with labs and where, why you're referred to us in the first place. To assess how we can better help you implement changes so that you can feel better and improve your quality of life. And so through this discussion, because I had time to really ask her questions, we were able to find that constipation was her chief complaint, but there was a lot more going on with her day-to-day -day routine that was impacting her, like headaches. Um, she also was having issues with her iron levels, and so they had put her on birth control to help control her menstrual cycle so that she could reduce her blood flow and improve her iron levels. Um, she had significant abdominal distension or bloating after meals. And this was all basically debilitating. She didn't realize how debilitating it was because to her, it was her normal. And this is how she lived her life. But she did know that she was having issues using the restroom and her daily laxatives weren't really helping her maintain just two bowel movements a day. So when we started talking together, I suggested let's work on your diet, but let's also do additional testing so that we can assess if there's something else going on. So we looked at her gut microbiome and we also ruled out celiac disease. Now, as we were implementing dietary changes, the tests came back and they actually showed that she was positive for celiac disease, even though no one had tested her for it previously. So once we found out that she had celiac disease, we modified her high fiber diet to a high fiber gluten-free diet. And I really wanna stress this point because if you think you may have an issue with gluten, you definitely do not want to implement a gluten-free diet before you are diagnosed or you have the test results that are completed um, because that could skew and basically make those results null and void if you're implementing a gluten-free diet prior to testing. But once we found out that she was positive, we implemented those changes and it made a significant difference. And I'll never forget the day she came into my office and we'd been working together for a few months at this point. And she said to me, Emily, you won't believe it. I have had daily bowel movements for the last two weeks. And this was her exact wording. She said, I'm a daily pooper. Who would have thought that I could ever have a bowel movement on a regular basis? And this is just one example of many people who feel like their kind of day-to-day -day routine of maybe using the restroom just a few times a week is normal. And it's not, and it's not healthy. And so we really wanna try to help people realize how they can actually help themselves and get to that root cause so that they can see regular movements and their bodies will thank them for it. Again, Emily, it's so interesting hearing this patient's story, how one symptom was related to the next, that was really related to the next, that was really this person's normal life. And that that is a, a beautiful story to share, to show that all these things are potentially connected to everything. If you are tired, uh, if you're constipated, if you have headaches, 
if you have muscle pains, I mean, all these things can be connected in some kind of capacity to each other and identifying the root cause is great. And to your point, I think dietitians are uniquely leading the charge um, in this world because they can spend a lot of time with the patient to understand their lifestyle choices. So I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Where would a patient start to explore if this is a problem that they're having or they're thinking about having, like this is something they're thinking that they have? No, I'm glad that you brought up that our body is like a set of interconnected parts because we often don't consider it as a set of interconnected parts and we just focus on one particular organ or one particular symptom. Um, And that's something that dietitians do a really good job uh, at because we understand how food impacts our day-to-day life um, and our day-to-day health. And so the best thing to do is if you are suffering from constipation and you haven't been able to find any relief, you should reach out to your local dietitian. And that dietitian should specialize in some sort of digestive disorder or gut health. And if they specialize in celiac disease, it's even better because that way they could help you rule out if celiac disease is actually contributing to your constipation. But dietitians are actually um, probably the best professional to help you with any type of diet intervention. And we know this because research actually shows that individuals who work one-on-one with dietitians have a significantly higher success rate than those individuals who use a handout or conduct an online search independently to help them with their diet intervention. And I love the internet. It gives us so much information, but we do know that if you really want to see change and you want to feel better, you're going to need the help of a dietitian to get there. You know, going to a new healthcare provider can be kind of scary. So what could you expect or what should you expect from your dietitian? I think that you should expect that it's going to be someone that you trust because food is very personal. And so you need to find someone that you feel like is going to listen to you and you're going to be comfortable sharing personal information with them. This is why I, in my practice, and I think a lot of dietitians should do this and many dietitians do, we talk to our patients before they actually sign up to work with us. We have complimentary sessions. So that way you have the time to kind of vet us. You have the time to figure out, is this the right fit for me? And I think that should be something that we all should be able to experience in healthcare um, because not each person or practitioner is going to be the best fit for you and your needs. So it's nice that many dietitians are actually practicing this way uh, because it gives you the opportunity to find the best fit for you before you spend a lot of money as seeing the professional. But you should also expect that your dietitian is going to conduct a very, very thorough health history assessment. They're going to want to look at your previous labs. Um, that you've conducted with other healthcare practitioners, and they're going to want to inquire about whether or not what you know what's been successful in the past. What have you done with other practitioners, uh, so they can understand your whole story. We need to really look at the whole you from birth to your present day to understand how did you get there, how did how are you the person you are today, and why are you feeling the way you are. And then once they look at that complete shell and understand not just the labs, but what you're experiencing on a daily basis, then they should maybe conduct additional testing if they think that's even deemed necessary. But if not, that's when they'll help work with you to develop a plan. And what's most important is they should be asking you, what do you want to work on? What are your primary goals? What's your concern regards to your health? And then they should also ask you once they kind of make recommendations, which goal for you is the most applicable or the easiest for you to implement? Because if you can implement the goal, you're confident in that goal, then you're going to be able to do it successfully with their help, and then you're going to start to feel better. 
And as we kind of chip away at all the aches and pains that you have, the better you feel, the better you're going to be able to implement other goals that maybe are more challenging or even potentially help you um, just improve your quality of life so that you can continue to feel better because that's our goal. We want you to be nutrition independent. We want you to be successful. And the sooner you get there, the better for everyone um, because then you're going to be a happy customer. You know, I believe every patient should be their own advocate and I believe they should take ownership about their health. But I think a close second is dietitians being the quarterback of the medical team. I think you guys are doing something that is very unique in Western medicine that really isn't being done by any other type of practitioner. So I want to thank you, Emily, for coming on the show. I want to thank you for coming and giving some advice, sharing your resources, sharing your knowledge. Where would someone find you at? Uh, you can go to luxfordnutrition.com. I specialize in autoimmune conditions and digestive disorders. And uh, reach out to me through the contact form. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll definitely have you back soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into the Wonder Why podcast. If today's episode resonated with you or reminded you of someone struggling with similar symptoms, please share it with them. It might just be the life-changing moment they need. This show is brought to you by Dietitians for a Healthy America a nonprofit dedicated to advocating for dietitians and promoting nutritional therapy to enhance health and prevent diseases for all Americans. For more information, visit our website, www.dietitianshealthieramerica.org. Until next time, stay curious and empowered in your health journey.